The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Are you a football fan looking for the latest analysis and news on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're in the right place. Black and deal, baby. Welcome to the Gen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Move those chains. Here's your host, Jordan. What's up, Duval? Welcome to the 55th episode of the Gen Jag Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo. I'm unfortunately flying solo here today. Scott Klein's birthday, and he's actually sick today, so shout out to Scott. Feel real bad for him being sick on his birthday and all and not being able to come to the show, but uh, send your condolences out to him, at Scott Klein, one on Twitter. Twitter, excuse me. Hunter Evans was unable to attend the show today due to some uh, previous commitments with his wife, I believe. You can go heckle him for not being able to be here at Coach H underscore Evans on Twitter. And of course, you can find myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. Really exciting week for the Jaguars coming off a big win against Seattle, getting ready to take on the division rival Texans at home this weekend. Uh, Big shout out to Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jag podcast. You can find them online at boldcitybrewery.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. And uh, if we have any technical sound issues here on this episode, I apologize. Don't have my regular recording recording equipment with me. But it is what it is. I wanted to come at you today uh, by myself, flying solo, so you're stuck with me. But still wanted to get some info out to all of our listeners and talk about some of the hot topics uh, in Jags Nation. So we had a great time at the Jaguars-Seahawks game last week. Obviously, the Jaguars came away with a big win. We had a great time tailgating with all the Gen Jag members and everybody who came out to our tailgate, which is inside Tailgaters Parking, row C&D. You see the big Gen Jag tent. You can't miss us. We got the tunes bumping. Got a bunch of beer from Bold City Brewery, Green Room Brewing, vodka from Carve, uh, Jacksonville's first and only local Carve or vodka company and uh metro diner chicken biscuits will be out there again this week but this week will be a special charity event uh we're going to be tailgating for charity raising some toys for tots for the with love charity you can find them uh on instagram and twitter and you can check out our our instagram page to uh, find out more information about them. We'll also be partnering with North Florida Chive to, you know, just brighten the spirit of some kids uh, this year that regularly would not be able to have toys. So basically bring out a toy. Multiple toys would be even better. And you'll be able to eat and drink for free for that tailgate, regardless of whether or not you're a Jinjag member or not. So please come on by, bring a toy, and uh, enjoy yourselves. This is going to be a condensed episode, but again, like I said, I still just wanted to come uh, share my thoughts with y'all on the Jaguars game last week, what's going on with the team currently, injury update, what's going on with the team moving forward. 
So let's go ahead and start Jaguar Seahawks recap. What a game. Uh, I, I picked the Jaguars to win. I didn't think they would be able to score so easily on the Seahawks defense. Seahawks were without Cam Chancellor. They were without uh, Cliff Averill and Richard Sherman, but they had still been playing great football leading up to the game with the Jaguars, and they were coming off a beatdown of what was the best team in the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles. you got to feel bad for them now. They just lost Carson Wentz for the season this week with the torn ACL. Uh, obviously, condolences to him and all Eagles fans out there. I know Mike K is a good friend of the show, Jaguars beat writer. He grew up uh, in Jersey, so he's not happy to see what's going on with the Eagles. But the Eagles are still 11-2. and two. Still just clinched uh, their division and have a good chance to win some playoff games. Super Bowl's a lot less likely now without Carson Wentz, but Nick Foles is an adequate backup. So hopefully if you're an Eagles fan, things will work out for you in that regard. But uh, back to the Jaguars versus Seahawks game. The Jaguars won 30-24. And again, I just can't believe how effective the offense was against the Seahawks defense that features still, even with the injuries, they still feature um, uh, Earl Thomas in the back end, who's the best free safety in football. They still feature a couple of good cornerbacks who are playing some good ball coming into this week. Obviously, they didn't play as well against the Jaguars. They still feature uh, their beastly linebackers, uh, just two of the best linebackers in football. Bobby Wagner's out there. He might be the best linebacker in football. And K.J. Wright, his tag team partner. And then on the defensive line, they've still got Michael Bennett, Sheldon Richardson, Frank Clark, who's playing well as a pass rusher. And uh, this is just a team that I wanted the Jaguars to win the game. I believe the Jaguars could win the game. I picked the Jaguars to win the game. But the Jaguars really, despite the score being 30-24, put it on the Seahawks for most of the game. The Jags allowed a couple big plays in the second half that really allowed the Seahawks to get the score closer to a manageable score. But the Jaguars really did hand it to the Seahawks in this one. Let's go ahead and start with Blake Bortles. What has gotten into him over the last couple weeks? He had nearly 300 yard pass, 300 yards passing against the Seahawks, 66% completions, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Again, a quarterback rating of over 100. It's his second straight week with just a big, big performance, big uh, production, and efficient, efficient play by him. So we're going to talk more about what's going on with Blake Bortles here later in the show, but. Regardless of what you think about Blake Bortles moving forward, the fact of the matter is the last two weeks, he's been fantastic. And he's been everything the Jaguars had ever hoped he could be as the number three overall pick. Big part of that has been his wide receivers starting to play more consistent football for him, which is huge. Uh, Marquise Lee leads the league in drops. Mercedes Lewis has several drops on the year. So does Keelan Cole. D.D. Westbrook has had a couple drops over the last few games, but he's still playing good football. Um, But in these last two games, ever since the debacle that happened out in the desert in Arizona where the Jaguars found a way to lose that game against a Cardinals team that they really should have beaten, uh, ever since that happened, 
this Jaguars team has just been electric on the offensive side of the ball. And obviously it starts up front with the offensive line. Uh, those guys had their worst game against the Cardinals this year. And, you know, there's certainly excuses there. The The offensive line was heavily injured. You know, Parnell's been missing time uh, at right tackle. At left guard, Patrick Omame has been missing time. Earlier in the season, Brandon Linder was missing time. The team still was playing well on the offensive line, even when Linder was out. But they struggled for a few games uh, around the Arizona game, and it really looked to me like the offense was heading in the completely wrong direction after that game. I was worried about the teams, uh, where the team really could could end up getting to by the end of the season and they've completely flipped that script. So it's great to see that. Uh, I thought the Jaguars, even with the loss to Arizona and even with the uh, uh, really lack of any offensive production going on into that game and uh, all that, I really believed that the Jaguars were still going to make the playoffs, but I just thought they would be dead in the water once they made the playoffs if their play like that continued, but it hasn't. They've completely flipped the script. Uh, Blake Bortles is playing great football. The running game's gotten back on track with Leonard Fournette uh, this week going over 100 yards on the ground against the Seahawks defense that's stout up front. 24 carries, 101 yards, a touchdown. And... um, The offensive line, like I said, has made it much easier for Blake Bortles to stand in the pocket and have plenty of time to find receivers open downfield. Like I said, the receivers have been making those plays. Uh, Keelan Cole, he had a 74-yard touchdown grab where he was able to outrace Earl Thomas to the end zone, which was just a fantastic sign for him. You saw Keelan Cole do a lot of that in training camp and the beginning of the preseason, but uh, he really struggled. He was forced into more playing time than he was really ready for at the beginning of the season with the Allen Robinson injury. And then with the Allen Hearns injury, uh, Cole had to keep getting out there and keep, uh, you know, just learning with trial by fire. And he's, he's finally starting to pick it up. He's been targeted six times in the last two games. He's caught in all six of those passes. And his... Uh, His yards per catch in those two games was over 20. He's had explosive plays, and he's really looking like a guy that, despite being an undrafted free agent, could end up being a special player for the Jaguars in the future. So uh, we've raved a little bit enough about the offense now. Let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball and um, talk about just how great the Jaguars' defense is playing Uh, They were able to really make Russell Wilson uncomfortable. Uh, They had two sacks against him, but they had two more that were brought back due to questionable hands-to-the-face calls. So they were really able to get after Russell Wilson on the day, make him uncomfortable. They picked him off three times. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was able to pick Russell Wilson off in the end zone. Uh, Jump ball, Jalen Ramsey versus Doug Baldwin one-on-one, and Jalen Ramsey just... He looked like the receiver on that play where Baldwin looked more like the DB. Baldwin didn't have a chance. And then you look on the other side, you've got A.J. Boye. He gets two picks. He's now tied for the league lead in interceptions with six. He's been a monster all this year. 
one of the best Jaguar free agent signings in a long time. And um, the three picks they were able to get against Russell Wilson, that just marks the second time in Russell Wilson's career that he threw three or more interceptions in a game. Really just goes to show you how great this Jaguars defense is playing. Um, Malik Jackson on the defensive line was able to have probably his best game of the year. He was the highest graded interior defender by Pro Football Focus this week. He got a sack. He's now up to seven sacks this season, which is his career high. Last year he got six and a half, and he's still got uh, three games left to play. So that's exciting for Malik, obviously. And I'm excited to see what he can do for the rest of the season. I know he he's a guy that pays attention to stats, so it'd be uh, cool for him to push for double-digit sacks as a defensive tackle. That'd be just monster. And um, Paul Puzlesny was out there playing well again for the second straight week. He was forced into a lot of action. Good to see him out there playing like a rejuvenated player. And also, the Jaguars earned their ninth win of the season, which is the first time for Paul Puzlesny that he's ever been on a team that won nine games in a season. A team that will finish with a winning record no matter what. Speaking of nine wins, that's how many I predicted the Jaguars to get this season. Of course, at this point, it would be pretty hard for the Jaguars not to get more than nine. I'm not complaining one bit about that. But it's great to see uh, even my expectations, which were higher than most going into this season, have been uh, the Jaguars have outdone it, outdone my expectations, which is awesome. Pro Bowl voting. Speaking of how great the Jaguars are doing, uh, you can vote for Jaguar players on Twitter by using hashtag Pro Bowl vote and tagging the players. Or you can just go on the Jaguars Twitter, uh, GenJag Twitter, um, all sorts of different accounts have been tweeting uh, the hashtag Pro Bowl vote. And if you retweet those tweets, it also counts as a Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl vote for those guys. So obviously, if you're a Jaguar fan, you want to be doing that. Uh, let's get into the injuries real quick. Actually, let's not get into the injuries real quick. First, I would like to say, please do not throw trash at anyone. Ever. It's just not a good thing to do, not a good look. And if you're a Jaguar fan, please don't ever throw trash onto the field or at an opponent's player. It is just uh, totally uncalled for. But leading up to that situation, the Seahawks had some actions that were completely uncalled for as well. Michael Bennett dove at Brandon Linder's knees. The NFL has come out and said they believe he was diving for the ball, which is complete bullshit. Pardon my French. Um... There's no question in my mind Michael Bennett should be suspended for what he did to Brandon Linder. Uh, and there's probably a couple other guys on the Seahawks that should be suspended as well. I mean, Quentin Jefferson tried to go into the stands after fans. Granted, he got some trash thrown on him, but still, I mean, you got to hold your composure. You're a professional athlete. You're getting paid millions of dollars uh, to go out and be a professional, so act like it. Again, not condoning throwing trash at other people or <laughs> opponents' players, but the Seahawks certainly did have it coming. They acted like a bunch of babies at the end of the game. And uh, they were sore losers. Even the Seattle Times, I believe, is the newspaper up there. If I botched the name, I apologize. But 
their headline was sore losers. And yeah, the bullies, the Seahawks, they've been bullies over the last five or so years in the NFL. They've been to the Super Bowl twice. They've won a Super Bowl. We're a yard away from winning another Super Bowl. And they do not know how to handle losing to a team like the Jaguars. And Blake Bortles put it pretty well. Teams just aren't used to getting the crap beat out of them by the Jaguars. So it's awesome as Jaguar fans to see this turn of events with the Jaguars going from the bullied to now the bullies. And speaking of bullying teams, the Jaguars' best linebacker, Telvin Smith, is back at practice. He practiced a little last week, Wednesday and Thursday, but then was held out Friday. He's been battling a concussion and has been in the concussion protocol ever since he left the Jaguars' loss to the Cardinals in uh, week 13. And he's back now. So he's a full go out of the concussion protocol. He's going to be bringing the fire, I have to believe, over the next three games. And he's going to be pumped up to be back out on the field. He's really the heart and soul of the Jaguars' defense in terms of the emotional, uh, emotional leader. So good to see him get back out there. He's a guy that's just been playing fantastic football this season. Three interceptions, a touchdown, a couple fumble recoveries, a forced fumble, 83 tackles. He's a guy that is one of the elite linebackers in football right now. Uh, he's got a rating of over 90 by pro football focus. He's a guy that should certainly make the Pro Bowl, but really has a chance, depending on what goes down these next three weeks, to be an all-pro outside linebacker. And for a guy that was a fifth-round pick, can't can't even uh, eclipse 220 pounds as a linebacker, he has really just proven everyone wrong. And his speed, his fire, his toughness and physicality out there on the field, it'll be great for the Jaguars. And in his absence over the last two weeks, the Jaguars' run defense has struggled a little bit. I mean, the defense as a whole certainly hasn't struggled, but the run defense struggled a little bit. They gave up 141 yards in both games uh, against the Colts and against the Seahawks, which is weird that it was 141 yards in both. Uh, pretty weird statistical anomaly there. But Russell Wilson was able to get a big chunk of yards against the Jaguars. So you take that away. Their run defense really wasn't too bad against the Seahawks, except for one late drive in the first half, at the end of the first half. The Seahawks got a bunch of chunk runs against them. And the Colts were just dead set on running the ball despite being down in the game. And, you know, if you're just going to keep running the ball while a team is trying to stop you from moving the ball downfield, you're going to get some nice rushes even though you're not really doing much in terms of scoring or getting first downs. So, yes, statistically the Jaguars' run defense wasn't great in Telvin Smith's absence. And I think he will help with that upon his return. But they still weren't really struggling, let's be honest. Alan Hearns is still out with a high ankle sprain. No word yet on when he could get back. Uh, Leonard Fournette and Cam Robinson both missed practice Wednesday. Fournette missed with a quad, which is a new injury. Cam Robinson, a back injury, which is also new to me. So... You obviously want to get those two rookie first and second round picks back. They've been a big part of the Jaguars' success this season. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the in, on the injury front, though, in terms of 
things that are serious to monitor going forward. Again, the biggest news is getting Telvin Smith back. Um, the Jaguars are going to play the Texans this week. Uh, they just got to... I hate to say it's a gimme, but as long as the Jaguars go out and play their their brand of football, play hard, play physical, they're going to have no problem handling the Texans. And Telvin Smith really did put it best. Uh, he was talking to reporters earlier, and I'll pull up what he said right now. He uh, didn't refrain from using a little colorful language, but he said, we have to make sure we don't take this team lightly. We know we're the better team. We have to play how we play and don't think they're going to come out and be some slapdicks. I love Telvin Smith. What a quote that is. And that's via Alyssa Lang of First Coast News. Uh, Telvin's absolutely right. The Texans are outmatched in this one. They're struggling since Deshaun Watson got injured. Uh, J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless out for the season. Several other big-time injuries for the Texans. And then their backup, Tom Savage, suffered a concussion last week. It looked more like a seizure than a concussion, but somehow he was permitted to get back into that game. If you haven't seen the footage of his injury, as long as you're not squeamish, you should definitely check it out because it's nothing like anything else I've ever seen on a football field. Uh, Savage just shaking in the back of the end zone after a big hit, his head hit the ground. He was allowed back in the game, but now, of course, he's uh, he's in the concussion protocol, so I don't know why he was allowed to get back in the game in the first place, but it is what it is. Uh, so TJ Yates will be starting for the Texans this week, and Yates is a career backup. Usually he's not even a second-string player on rosters, so... Like Telvin said, the Texans are going to be trying to ruin the Jaguars' season. They're going to play hard. Uh, Bill O'Brien's a heck of a coach. But as long as they don't just overlook the Texans, the Jaguars are going to easily win this game. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it. There's really no matchups where the Texans have an advantage over the Jaguars. The Jaguars have a stronger offensive line than the Texans have a defensive line. Their running game is stronger than the Texans' uh, run defense. The passing attack is much better than the Texans' pass defense right now. And on the other side of the ball, the Jaguars' defense is just going to, if they play their game, they're going to run all over the Texans and uh, just run through them, over them. They're going to hit them a lot, probably force a couple turnovers, maybe get into the end zone themselves. Um, the Jaguars prepare the way they should this week, and I do believe they will. You know, Doug Marone's unwilling to even talk about clinching playoffs or anything beyond this week at this point. So this team is going to be focused. They're going to come out. They should play very well. They should put on a show for their last regular season home game. So make sure to be out there, show your support. Jaguars won't be wearing teal this week, but... I'll probably still be wearing teal. Gotta love the teal outs, man. Uh, speaking of teal out, I haven't talked about this yet on the show. The stadium was absolutely electric. It was a playoff atmosphere. It was an atmosphere that you really haven't seen in Jacksonville since 1999. Uh, it was just... It's hard to describe. Um, if you've been to Jaguar games in the last 10 years or so, you know what the stadium's been like, which is okay. Uh, 
you know, a lot of empty seats, a lot of fans that aren't too into it. Stadium was packed the entire game for this one. The fans were raucous. You could hear Duval pretty much constantly. You could hear the chants of defense. Uh, when the Jaguars' defense was on the field, you could just hear everybody hollering, getting lit, getting into it. And it's just fun to be around the Jaguars right now. It's a really fun time to be a Jaguar fan. So I really encourage you, if you haven't been to a Jaguar game this year or if you aren't planning on going to this Texans game, I really highly recommend that you do so because it's been a fantastic experience so far as a Jaguars fan, and it's only getting better as the Jaguars inch closer to the playoffs. Speaking of the playoffs, with a win this week, the Jaguars will clinch their first playoff berth since 2007. Now, they don't have to win this week to uh, get into the playoffs. There's a few other playoff scenarios, but... Like we said before, they should expect to win this week. They should show out. They should win this week, clinch their first playoff spot against a division rival, and uh, not rest on their laurels after that because if the Jaguars do beat the Texans, they can move forward to take on the 49ers in San Francisco, try to get a win out there. The 49ers are playing better football with Jimmy Garoppolo, and we'll talk more about that next week. But that's still a very beatable young team the 49ers is, and then they finish with Tennessee. So uh, it's going to be a fun final three weeks of the regular season, and assuming everything goes according to plan, you're going to see these Jaguars in the playoffs, and if they are able to win their division, you're going to see them with a home playoff game, at least one home playoff game. They do have the chance to sneak in. Currently, they're the third seed in the playoffs. They have a chance to get to the first or second seed in the AFC, but you'd have to get the Steelers or Patriots going on a little bit of a slide, which is really not very likely. They do play each other this week, so one of those teams is going to pick up another loss, but I still envision the Jaguars winding up with the third seed in the playoffs. Um, Jaden Mickens, named AFC Special Teams Player of the Week for the second time this season. He was able to uh, set up a Jaguars touchdown with a huge 70-plus yard uh, punt return. He was able to get a 20-yard kickoff return, and he was also able to pick up a special teams tackle. So again, second player, or I mean, excuse me, second time Mickens has won the award this year, and it's the first time that a Jaguars player has ever been able to do that twice in one season. He's a guy that... Jaguars fans didn't even know about. Uh, I didn't know about it at the beginning of this season, but he was a mid-season, uh, you know, he got promoted to the Jaguars starting punt return job. Max McCaffrey got demoted uh, and let go, and Packers stole him back. And then he was also recently signed by the 49ers, I believe Max McCaffrey was. But Getting back to Mickens, Mickens has just been a revelation uh, as a punt returner for the Jaguars. He brings a lot of electricity and excitement. He's got the shimmy. He can really juke people, and he's got the long speed to finish runs and to finish uh, big returns. So it's been awesome seeing competent, uh, competent players back there. You know, Last year, the Jaguars really struggled at punt returns. Uh, Rashad Green had the drops, and you know, we've seen what happened with Rashad Green's career. Unfortunately, how that's worked out for him. Um, 
So yeah, special teams have been special again. Josh Lambeau, forgot to mention him earlier in the Seahawks recap. He was 3 of 3, hit a 51-yarder. He's now 16 of 17 on the season for the Jaguars, having just a remarkable year. He's certainly deserving of a Pro Bowl vote as well. The offensive line is back. The running game is back. That's pretty clear. The rookie wide receivers are starting to shine. D.D. Westbrook's been targeted over 30 times already in just four games. He's caught 22 passes, I believe, maybe 20. And he's been a great possession receiver. Keelan Cole is starting to really show his potential as a game-breaker at receiver. Uh, Marquise Lee, he's playing much more consistent than he was earlier in the season at receiver. Uh, Again, he leads the league in drops. But he's a guy that has turned it on the last couple weeks. And as the Jaguars inch closer to the playoffs, the team seems to be getting hot at the right time. Blake Bortles. Like I mentioned, he he has played very, very well the last two weeks. And overall on the season, his numbers are starting to look like that of a starting quarterback, of a guy that perhaps should be given another chance last year. So the question, I mean, last year, excuse me, next year, uh, the question is, is, has Blake Bortles turned the corner? A. B. Is he a guy that the Jaguars are going to try to build around in the future? I, I, to start, I think that it's too early to hail Blake Bortles as the Jaguars' future at starting quarterback. It's been two games, two great games, fantastic games. And, you know, doing that against a Seahawks defense, regardless of the injuries, was just really impressive. You saw Carson Wentz struggle against the same Seahawks defense just the week before. And Carson Wentz has having an MVP caliber season. Was prior to his injury. You can't take away what Blake Bortles has done the last two weeks. You can't take away what he's done this season in terms of taking care of the ball. And you're starting to see what what Blake Bortles can be with a solid offensive line. Wide receivers that aren't dropping the ball on a regular basis, which they certainly did in, in what was Blake Bortles, in my opinion, worst performance of the season against the Cardinals. The receivers were dropping the ball. Uh, you're starting to see what Blake Bortles can be with good play around him. And I don't know if this is what you're going to get from Blake Bortles moving forward. I don't think anyone does. If if they're telling you they know what's going to happen with Blake Bortles, they're straight up lying to you. But it is hard for me to argue against people that believe that Blake Bortles is the Jaguars' starting quarterback now and maybe into the future. It is crazy just... A couple weeks ago after the Arizona game, we're all talking about all the upcoming quarterback free agents. Kirk Cousins, um, uh, he could potentially be a free agent. Alex Smith, you could potentially go after. Eli Manning, you could potentially go after. Lots of quarterbacks in the draft, which at the beginning of the draft process, it was looking like this quarterback class might be a little bit better than it actually is. And you, you never know until... The guys get into the NFL and you actually see what happens with their careers. But the Jaguars, 
might not be in desperate need of a starting quarterback next year. Blake Bortles has the um, 15th highest PFF grade so far this year, the 13th highest QBR. He's thrown double the amount of touchdowns that he has interceptions, 16 to 8. He's had a clean sheet the last two weeks, throwing for 577 yards, uh, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 71% completions. He looks like a different guy. And most impressive about what he did against the Seahawks, apparently he had the flu and was thrown up all night. He said he probably lost about 10 pounds that night. So I don't know if that was Blake Bortles' Jordan moment, uh, Michael Jordan moment from uh, playing a playoff game and just absolutely dominating despite having the flu. Michael Jordan was able to do that back in the 90s in his heyday. Blake Bortles... I'm not willing to say that the Jaguars are set at quarterback. I'm not willing to say that I wouldn't pursue Kirk Cousins or Eli Manning or uh, or an Alex Smith or some other guy that we haven't even talked about yet. But I am willing to say that it's completely up in the air right now. What happens over the next three weeks with Blake Bortles and what happens assuming the Jaguars are able to clinch a playoff spot and the playoffs is going to determine Blake Bortles' future with the Jaguars. Right now, it's looking very bright. 16 touchdowns to 8 interceptions, a good quarterback rating. It's remarkable. And, you know, all the Blake Bortles haters out there, which I wouldn't call myself a Blake Bortles hater. In fact, I love Blake Bortles. I have been very critical of his play in the past and this season at times. Uh, He was absolutely awful in the final two minutes against the Chargers. Should have cost the team the game. He did cost the team the game against the Cardinals. Uh, But he's turned it around. Uh, The offensive line is blocking for him. The running game's going. The wide receivers are catching balls uh, that they weren't catching earlier in the season. And if this offense continues to perform like this, it's going to be hard for Blake Bortles not to be the Jaguars' starting quarterback next year. I cannot believe I'm saying that 15 weeks into the 2017 NFL season, but it is what it is. And that leads me to the, my next question. Is the, or excuse me, Are the Jaguars the most complete team in the NFL? They've got a running game right now, one of the best in football, the best in football statistically. They've got the offensive line going right now. They've got the wide receivers catching passes. Marquis Lee, Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, all these guys playing well. Alan Hearns will come back at some point, whether it's uh, the last game or so of the regular season or once the playoffs happen or get underway. Hearns will likely be back. You're looking at four receivers that can all provide something different and are Pretty consistent guys at this point, at least if you look at the last few games. Um, You look at the defense, it's clearly the best in the NFL. You've got the best defensive line leading the league in sacks. You're second in interceptions. Uh, You're putting up stats that not even the 2000 Ravens or uh, 85 Bears are able to compete with. And it's just remarkable uh, to see... Just the transformation. It's a great time to be a Jaguar fan, and it's a great time to be in Jacksonville. 
Now that those stats I was talking about with the 2000 Ravens and 85 Bears, the Jaguars are on pace to lead the NFL in scoring defense, sacks, and takeaways in the same season. No team has done that since 1970. And uh, the Jaguars are doing it. And they've got certainly two offenses that are unimpressive left on their schedule in Houston and San Francisco. And a third that really hasn't been impressive at all as of late in the Titans. So this Jaguars team could go down in the history books after this season, even if they don't do anything special in the playoffs. And we'll face the playoffs when we get to them. We don't know what the matchups are going to be yet, but the Jaguars are certainly likely to play a team that they've already beaten this year. When you're looking at the AFC playoff picture, you've got the Steelers, you've got the Ravens, and the Chargers, assuming the Chargers are able to win their division, it looks like they're going to. The Jaguars beat all three of those teams, and out of all of them, if I'm the Jaguars, I don't want to play the Chargers again. The Jaguars players might want to because they probably feel they left a lot out on the field against the Chargers, even though they were able to come up with a win. But uh, it's, it's just shocking and amazing to see what's been going on with these Jaguars this year. Now let's move on to around the AFC South. The Colts and the Texans are non-factors this season. We won't even get into what's going on with them. It has been ugly for both teams. The Titans are 8-5. and five. I mentioned they've been struggling lately. Winning most of their games, however, they have not been winning them with any style points. They head out to San Francisco this week to take on the 3-10 and 10 49ers. The 49ers have won two straight games. Granted, they just beat the Texans, who are the Texans. We've talked about them already. But... If San Francisco can just take down the Titans, the Jaguars will have a two-game lead, really one-and-a-half game lead, because the Titans still uh, hold their head-to-head -head, uh, division, head-to-head -head, uh, matchup with the Jaguars. But the Jaguars will, of course, try to even that score the final week of the season against the Titans. It has just been a whirlwind of a season. It's been a fun ride. I've really enjoyed uh, podcasting and writing and talking with fans and tailgating with fans and just really living it up. I encourage everyone else to do so. Just live in the moment this season. Enjoy every day. Every day something new and fun is happening with the Jaguars and it hasn't been this way in a long time. Don't get bitter if the Jaguars lose games. Just enjoy it because this really is a special season. That's going to do it for the show. I encourage everyone to come out for our tailgate this weekend. Again, we're tailgating for charity. Bring a toy, and you get to eat and drink for free at this tailgate, regardless of whether or not you're a Gen Jag member. So please come out, help support kids that otherwise might not get toys for Christmas this, this year, which is just awful to think that that still happens in America, but it is the, it's where we're at as a country. So please come out. Bring a toy. Bring multiple toys. Help us out. Help out the North Florida Chive and the With Love Charity. And of course, come out to have a good time. We're going to be out there at 9 a.m. Game starts at 1. Um, Metro Diner, Chicken Biscuits, Carve Craft Vodka, Green Room Brewing, uh, Bold City Brewery. We'll have Bud Light and Budweiser for people that don't like good beer. 
and we'll have a damn good time. So come and see us. Tailgaters Parking, Row C and D. Check out genjag.com for all the latest and greatest in the Jaguars news. We've got blog posts coming out daily. We've got videos from UCF Jaguar who you can find on Twitter or YouTube at UCF Jaguar. And uh, we've also obviously got the podcast. You can check out any of our older episodes. You can check out our gear. We've got a lot of fun stuff. AJ is my boy, A t shirts, Lord Ramsey t shirts, a lot of fun stuff. 904 hats, Jaguar print hats. Go check it out. Jenjag.com. Follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, please, as well. If you have the time, you can review us on iTunes Podcasts app. Follow us on SoundCloud and uh, make sure to follow my two co-hosts who weren't able to be here today. Scott Klein, it's his birthday. Give him a birthday shout out at Scott Klein one on Twitter. Hunter Evans at Coach H underscore Evans on Twitter. And you can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo. Don't forget, bring toys out to the tailgate this weekend. And special thanks to Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jag podcast. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. That's going to do it for the show today. Thanks for listening, Duval, and go Jags! Thanks so much for listening to the Genjag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Online at genjag.com. Twitter at Generation Jag. Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Block and teal all day. We'll catch you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.